one of the goods of this world that needs to be pursued in a truthful way is the good of unity. Unity. This good comes from God. It is a reflection of God. The church needs to be unified. When we pray the creed, um, we pray, as we will in a few minutes' time, uh, we believe in one church. It's also holy and Catholic, but the church is one. The unity of the church is a reflection of God. The church must be one in order for it to be the authentic church. God designed us to be in community. God did not design us to be islands autonomous from others. We absolutely require, unless we have a very special, elevated, and particular vocation, we absolutely require the support of a society. The society of the family, the society of the parish, the society of the church, and also, not to be excluded or disregarded, this is secular society or civil polity, we require that society also. If societies are necessary, what binds the society together or the good of unity is uh, definitely a virtue and something to be pursued and maintained. The world doesn't quite understand unity in its proper way, of course. The world, because it has rejected the source of wisdom, mangles things. It gets things half right. Half right. Um, but it doesn't get things totally right. The world, you know, the average person will say that unity is something that is important and something that is valuable, but they will maintain unity at the expense of truth. They will lie, they will cheat, they will steal in order to be unified. An obvious kind of silly example because it's so obvious is the, you know, organized crime. Where for the good of the family, they will do anything anything for the good of the family for the unity of the family they will keep silence they will commit crimes there is nothing that will not be done for the sake of the unity of the family this of course is has a grain of truth but it's off the mark instead of unity being preserved <coughs> at the expense of truth Unity has to be preserved for the sake of the truth. The truth is a higher good. And therefore, in order to preserve the truth, we try to preserve our unity. But the unity cannot be, um, therefore, false unity um, if the truth is being contradicted. Therefore, it is sometimes the case that in order to fight for the truth and to maintain it, I have to give up the unity. We need to uh, see clearly this priority. We need to preserve, though, the good of unity 
for the sake of protecting the truth. That is the way God has designed us to live. Now, let's get down to brass tacks. It's Sunday morning, and uh, the person in charge in your family of cooking the pancakes has fooled around and burnt the pancakes again. You've had it up to here with the carbonized pancakes, and you consider whether you should say something or not, whether you should bitterly complain or not. If you do, the person who has done this by accident is going to be upset. You are not going to be on speaking terms for the rest of the day. And an hour before going to church, it's going to basically ruin the day. There's going to be a negative attitude for the whole rest of the day. Are the burnt pancakes worth it? Or, for the sake of the unity of the family, should you just pour more maple syrup on it and forget about it? not say anything. Unity is a higher good. And in order to preserve the unity, I must be willing to pay the price. In order to preserve unity, sometimes I have to eat a burnt pancake and not say anything. That is a good investment. That is a good investment. It is spending a penny to gain $10, an excellent investment. On the other hand, if I rant and I rail about the burnt pancakes again and make people upset and the rest of the day is clouded in, you know, a dark cloud of negativity, I have gained a penny and lost $100. A very poor exchange. The unity, likewise, of the parish is also very important. It is something that we, it seems to me, it is something, the good of unity is something that we consistently, in my estimation, underappreciate. The devil, however, does not underappreciate this. He knows it all too well. And therefore, he strives to do what he can to break or to damage the unity that is so important for us to be as strong as we are um, uh, as individuals and as a community. The devil knows that uh, a lot of good it comes from us being unified and uh, on common ground. If the devil cannot convince us of gross theological error, gross moral error, he will try to damage our unity on lesser things. He'll make someone's boots squeak on the floor to irritate the person sitting before them. He will um, allow uh, some misunderstanding of a door being lets being slammed in someone else's face quite by accident um, in order for there to be negative feelings and a misunderstanding and maybe that will lead to someone leaving. 
The devil loves stuff like that. Okay, but let's get down to brass tacks. I need to warn you about something because it's coming. It may come next week. It may come next year. It may come 10 years from now, but it is coming. In order to preserve the truth, I said, sometimes we need to do so at the expense of unity, not the other way around. Let me give you an example of what could easily happen. It could happen next week. As I say, it could happen 10 years from now. Let's say, in order to preach the truth, I give a somewhat strong sermon on, let's say, sexual ethics. Let's say this sermon is disseminated and, and, and is able to, you know, and gets the attention of some of the enemies of the church. And let's say they decide to make an example of someone who dares contradict them. And let's say they decide to punish the ones who dare contradict them. And let's say, therefore, based on or as a consequence of a strong statement of true Catholic sexual ethics, this church is vandalized, let's say, three weeks in a row. Let's say, for three weeks in a row, this church is vandalized. As a result of that, half of you will blame me for being too outspoken. Half of you will blame me for being too strong, too outspoken, too whatever. And you will leave. Maybe it would be true, even if it is true, that things were said in a manner which was perhaps not the best. Perhaps there was imperfection in the way in which the truth was promoted. If the devil can't break our unity based on the truth, he's going to try to find some lesser thing to break our unity. If we become the target of persecution, that is going to divide this community, it is going to shatter the unity, and um, that will be a victory for the evil one. It may happen next week. It may happen next year. It is coming. We cannot hide. In fact, we've been hiding too long. We've allowed the enemy to be in the ascendancy for far too long. In order to promote the truth, we have to even put at the expense of the truth, unity. <clears throat> we don't want to be the target of the enemy. We don't want to be singled out. We don't want to be made an example of. 
but are we willing to do those things for the sake of the love of Christ? Christ was a target. Christ was made an example of. Are we willing to follow his example? Are we willing to put everything on the line for the love of Christ? Anything other than a yes answer to that is a wrong answer. Are we willing to stick together and preserve our union as a parish, even under persecution? Leaving aside all possible sources of disunity for the sake of sticking together and supporting one another, even under trial. Those who don't want to or are unwilling to be part of persecution will go away, but that going away will damage them. That going away will be cowardly. That act of cowardice will have negative consequences, both for the community and for that individual. It is coming. We have to decide now what price we are willing to pay for the truth and for our unity. It is coming. Our Lord in the Gospel today said to the Apostles, The hour cometh, he says, when I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the foe. The hour is coming. In fact, it's, it's not now, but the hour is coming. He said that during the Last Supper. He said, in that day you shall ask in my name of the Father, and I say not to you that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father loveth you, because you have loved me and believed that I came out of God. So he says, on that day, you will not only understand more, but you will be able to do more. On that day. But that day is not today. And at the end of that little speech, the apostles said, oh, now we understand. Oh yeah, we know, we know, we know everything, they said. Behold, now thou speakest plainly. Thou speakest in no proverbs. Now we know that thou knowest all things, and thou needest not that any man should ask thee. Now, no, 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 we, we understand. No, he had just said, I'm speaking in Proverbs. And they say, no, 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 you're not speaking in Proverbs. We understand everything. You're speaking very plainly. He just said that on one day in the future, you're going to understand. And they said, they contradict him. They say, no, we understand today. We, we got it. We got this. And in one hour's time, all of them would run away in the darkness. Why? Because Jesus was made a target of a crowd of people headed by Judas Iscariot, and they had swords and clubs. 
When the apostles with Jesus were made a target, the apostles scattered like roaches in the daytime to the dark corners of Jerusalem. They did not have the Holy Spirit. So we do not criticize them for not having the Holy Spirit, but we do criticize them for contradicting, <laughs> contradicting Christ during the Last Supper. Uh, if they had spent half as much time trying to understand what he was saying rather than, you know, pr- you know proudly promoting their own devotion, they would have been better off. And we were reminded that Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Yeah, mm-hmm. In an hour, Peter, in one hour, you are going to be running into the darkness like a coward. Their unity was challenged by persecution. And because they did not have the Holy Spirit, and because they were too proud to ask for the Holy Spirit in whatever divine help would have been uh, available to them, remember our Lord said, pray, Peter, uh, keep vigil with me that thou enter not into temptation. But he did not. He slept instead. They failed the test. For those of us now, we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit, but we also must pray that we do not fail our test. Our test is coming. God love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.